Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Have you ever just had one of those moments when when you were vulnerable, you were positioned in this very weak state, you weren't sure that you were going to be able to get through it? Those are the times when God's Spirit can guide you as a Christian. And it's those big moments, those moments, those half a dozen moments, those 12 moments in your entire life in which you are going up against something that you are completely mismatched against. It's that Moses versus Pharaoh moment, the David versus Goliath moment, the Daniel versus the lions type of instance. God's Spirit will help you through that. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Allow me to ask you a question. What do you think of when you hear Holy Spirit? Perhaps you think of a ghost, as in the Holy Ghost mentioned in the King James Bible. Perhaps you think of a force, like the force from Star Wars. Perhaps you think of the different gifts the Holy Spirit is said to give believers in Jesus. For most of us, the Holy Spirit is a mystery, and we're not sure who or what it is. In this sermon series, The Invisible God, we're going to seek to clarify who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit desires to do in each of our lives. We will examine the promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us, the personhood of the Holy Spirit as He desires to relate to us, the power of the Holy Spirit that God desires to have come through us, and the presence of the Holy Spirit that we continually have with us. Through this study, our hope is you will be able to enter into a deeper relationship with God's Spirit that resides in you. going to continue in a sermon series is entitled The Invisible God. And in this series, the goal is for us to get more in touch with God's Holy Spirit, who is guiding us, leading us, and empowering us, which is specifically what we'll be talking about today. A few months ago, though, we had this tragedy in our home. I don't know exactly what scale of tragedy you might rate it, but for us, it was catastrophic. Our microwave went out. When the microwave goes out, I mean, you, we are in trouble. We had to reassess everything. Like my neural pathways in the grocery store were totally getting realigned because now I'm thinking, what exactly am I gonna feed my children with because I don't have a microwave to heat or to reheat this food. And when you start thinking like that, it really does change things for you. So we went about two months without our microwave working. I had no idea what happened. There was a flash and then all of a sudden it stopped. All I know is to hit a few buttons, that didn't fix it. So we were just left with like, well, what are we going to do now? And it is incredible. Let me just tell you something. It is incredibly difficult to reheat a Chick-fil-A sandwich in a toaster. It just, it just is difficult. I did it. It probably wasn't safe, but I did it. And then you got the whole coffee thing. I don't know how your life is, but my life is full of distractions. And so I'm, I can be drinking a great cup of coffee. And then there's a dog distraction, a kid distraction. Um, there's a phone call, a text message. Somebody else knocks at the door. I'm just kidding. I don't, we don't even answer our door whenever somebody knocks, honestly, because they always want to sell us a window. We don't need windows. You know what I'm talking about. So at any rate, there's these distractions. But when you get back to the coffee, it's cold. Well, what do you do with that? Well, you pour it in a pan? Who wants to pour coffee into a pan? Because then I usually have to clean the pan before. I, it's, this, it's this huge ordeal when you don't have a microwave. It's unbelievable. I, I, you never know until you don't have it. Eventually, though, we were able to get it fixed, and when we did, I was reheating everything. I mean, we're eating, you know, I, the, hot, the coffee's still hot, and I'm still reheating it. I'm excited that, that, that this thing is working again. But we didn't, like I said, we didn't realize what we had until we lost it, and we lost that power. 
And in a similar way, that is what we're talking about today. That's what we're really talking about through this series, the Holy Spirit. What would your life look like if you lost the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you, to lead you, to direct you? What, what would be left? Well, I like how A.W. Tozier described the New Testament church. This is what he said there as it relates specifically to that. He said, if the Holy Spirit had withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everyone, everybody would have noticed. There was such a reliance on God's Spirit that, that everything that was happening was really out of a function of being guided by the Holy Spirit. They, they were so positioned vulnerably for the Holy Spirit to use them that incredible and unbelievable things were happening beyond anybody's wildest imaginations. And so that begs the question, what would your life look like if the Holy Spirit were not a part of it? Would you still be saying the same things, thinking the same things, doing the same things, interacting with people the same way? And maybe, and we're going to touch on this a little bit today, but maybe there was a time in the past in which God's Spirit really nailed you, conformed you, grew you, did something incredible in your heart. But often what we do, though, is we rely on, depend on, trust in those old movements of God's Spirit in our heart and our lives and we aren't getting that, so to speak, fresh manna. In the book of Exodus, God gave the Israelites manna every day. And he said, you need to go out and get new manna every day. If you hang on to what you had, it's going to spoil. And the point was, every day you need to remind yourself of how much you depend on me. You're relying on me. There's faith that I'm going to provide for you every single day. And are we doing that with God's Holy Spirit? Maybe, but we could probably do better. And there is this incredible source of power that is available to us if we would just tap into it. Acts chapter 1 says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. How did he describe the Holy Spirit? He described the Holy Spirit as having power. And you will be my witnesses. This idea of witnessing is connected to the Holy Spirit. Witnessing is essentially going out into the world and sharing to the world the experience that you had with Jesus. The facts of your life change with Jesus. The facts of the doctrines that you believe in about Jesus. And God's not just going to leave you all alone to do this. He has given you the power. He's given you the Holy Spirit to help you to do this. And the root word, the Greek word for power there is dunamis. And dunamis is, has an interesting um, history as a development of a word. When Mr. Nobel created uh, dynamite. There was this incredible source of power that they had to give a name to it. They had to decide exactly what they were going to name this new source of power that was changing the world. What would they name it? Well, they used dunamis as a source word, and they called it dynamite because of the power that was available to them there. And when Jesus gave his great commission to the disciples, he did not want them to go out into the world without this power. I mean, just think about the disciples. They had all of this given, all the development given to them. They had seen Jesus teach. They had lived life with Jesus. They had been corrected by Jesus. They'd seen miracles by Jesus. They'd seen Jesus be tortured, die, raised from the grave. And even though they had had this incredible education of what it means to be a follower of Christ, they still were not allowed to go 
out into the world, fulfill the Great Commission until the Holy Spirit had come. That should tell us something right there. Luke 24 says it this way. He told them, the disciples, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So that's quite a challenge. The whole world is going to get preached to. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But... Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. In other words, don't go out and do what I'm calling you to do. Don't, be, don't go out and try to tell people about this message and be my witness until my spirit comes to reside in you. That tells us the significance right there of the Holy Spirit that God has given. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you wanna know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. So in the next few moments, we're going to talk about how we can be reminded and how we are reminded of how God's Spirit has empowered us and what it is that we have available to us and and when it is exactly that He does empower us, which is the first thing that I think that we need to understand when it comes to being empowered by the Holy Spirit is this, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us when we are weak. Not when you're strong, not when you have it all figured out, when you're weak. In Romans chapter 8, we're told this, and this is in the context of prayer, but I would say this really applies to every area of our life that we're willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. I mean, have you ever just had one of those moments when, when you were vulnerable, you were positioned in this very weak state, you weren't sure that you were going to be able to get through it? Those are the times when God's Spirit can guide you as a Christian. And it's those big moments, those moments, those half a dozen moments, those 12 moments in your entire life in which you are going up against something that you are completely mismatched against. It's that Moses versus Pharaoh moment, the David versus Goliath moment, the Daniel versus the lions type of instance. God's Spirit will help you through that. But what I have found, though, for most of us, is that where we really need to be reminded that we need help is in the day-to-day actions of our lives. Those moments when we're just talking to people. Those instances in which maybe somebody does need some mercy and kindness, but we're not feeling very merciful and kind. When we need God's Spirit, it's really it's in these instances in which God is teaching us new lessons. Let me, let me say it to you this way. Never forget the lessons God's Spirit has taught you. Because some of you have learned great lessons through God's Spirit guiding you and leading you. But always be open to new lessons He is giving you. 
I'll tell you how this applies to me specifically is often I can get my sermon done during the week about by Wednesday. And usually through the course of writing that sermon, I am surrendering myself over to God. I'm saying, all right, God, what do you want this to be? And there's some, I, I can say there's at least some moments in there where I'm like, that's like, that is the, of the Lord. That's really coming together well. And then comes Saturday night where I start working on it and Sunday morning. And what I've learned to start teaching myself to do is say, God, okay, what I've got, I think it's, I think it's okay. I think it's, I think it's going to work. But Lord, how can you make this better? I don't want to just live on Wednesday's lessons. I, I'm, I'm here Saturday night. I'm here Sunday morning to hear what, however, however it is that you want to make this sermon better. What's the new lesson for today, Lord? And you just position yourself in this place of weakness to say, what do you have for me right now? How can I serve you better with what has been given to me? And often I'll come up here and, and I'll start tying together things. And even as I'm preaching, stories, examples, applications will just start to come together that I, never writ I had never written. But it took me like 15 years of preaching to finally realize I don't have to come up here ready to just kill it every single time and have every single word memorized. I just need to familiarize myself with the message and then be ready to do what, ready to be available to whatever God wants to do in that moment. And here's how it comes home to you, though. You've learned how to have a good marriage. Maybe you've even learned how to be a great parent. And you can start depending on, or maybe you grew up in a Christian home, and you can start depending on those lessons from a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. You should never forget those lessons. But maybe, what if... But maybe God is trying to do something else in addition to that lesson in that moment. And maybe he's trying to teach you something else in the way that you interact with your spouse, in the way that you sort out problems, the way that you come to some sort of a solution, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Yeah, the lessons from the past are important, but maybe right now in this moment you need God's Spirit to, to teach you, to empower you, to speak to each other differently, to sort out issues differently, even when it comes to parenting, even when it comes to dealing with grandchildren, even when it comes to being a Christian. Because you know how to come to church and you've learned the lessons about how it is that you should sing and listen and be here, but what if God was wanting to do something fresh in you? And that takes a little bit of vulnerability. But we gotta be willing to surrender ourselves and connect ourselves to him. This is what I kinda liken a lot of what we do on, on uh, Sunday mornings or Saturday nights or whenever it is that you connect with church. This is what I liken it to. We often come here worn out, worn down, the battery's dead, okay? Here, I'll tell you something. The worst thing that happens to me, let me tell you something, when it comes to the phone looking like this, my phone looking like this, is I'll set it on the counter and I'll go over to it because I need it, I tap it, and then I get this screen. One inch away is the charger. It's like right there. It's just right there. All I had to do is just connect it, and then this phone would be charged up. Now I'm going to have to wait 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it takes to get the phone charged up enough to be able to use. And it was just right there. I mean, it was just right there, but I was never willing to connect it to the charger to allow it to function the way that it was supposed to. It had the power source, but I wasn't willing to get it connected to the power. And here we are. We're right here at church. I mean, we're at church. I mean, you can't get any closer. God's spirit is with you. He's in you. But I mean, even as it relates to a location, a place, like you can't get any closer to God. You're right here with him. 
But if you're relying on the past and you're just going through the motions, man, you're not going to get connected and recharged and powered up the way that you need to be. And that requires a certain disposition of weakness. Because when we come into it with that kind of an attitude, that kind of a disposition, then God is ready to tap right into us and fill us up and help us to be what we need to be throughout the rest of the week. Really launch us out into the world. Zechariah, I love how he says that this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. The second thing that we learn about empowerment is that we grow spiritually. We grow spiritually by the Holy Spirit. This is what 1 Corinthians tells us. And that is what some of you were. He's referring back to their old life, their old behaviors before they were a Christian, before they were uh, rejuvenated, before they became who they are in Christ. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, which we all, any Christian would agree with. But then he tags the Spirit on to it and he says, and by the Spirit of God, too. Because they're all the same and they're all connected and this is how it's going to happen. Now, here's what often happens in Christianity, though. Here's what often happens in our lives is that we can modify our behavior enough to get better. We can work hard enough to, get, to improve ourselves. We can change ourselves just enough to forget what we were to become a little bit better marginally better. And this is, I think, what I liken it to. It's like a bicycle. You see, I can ride a bicycle here to the church from my home. I could do that. And it would probably take 30 or 40 minutes if I survived, because there's a highway out here in which people are nuts on, and you would be crazy to do this. But I could do this, and in 30 or 40 minutes, I would drive from my house to here, and I'm huffing and puffing, and I'm pedaling, and I'm looking behind me, and I'm hoping I make it. It's scary, but I think I can do it, and hopefully they don't see me. I could do that on my own. That's one experience to get to where I want to be, get to where I'm going. But then there's a whole other experience, which is what I usually utilize, and that's a Honda Odyssey. Yes, I drive a Honda Odyssey. Don't judge me. We have two minivans, which is quite an accomplishment, I will tell you that. I don't even give people the number of my house. I just say, go to the house with two minivans. That's all you got to do, because nobody else has two minivans. And not only have I done it, we've done it twice. This is the second time I've had two minivans in my life. I just decided to own it this time, though. I'm, I'm owning it. 
We're, not, we're just going to hang on to it as long as that bad boy can drive. And so I drive this into work. It takes me 12 minutes, 12 minutes, and it's completely safe. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about people hitting me. It's only 12 minutes on the road. It's a few miles. It's not bad. I just, you know what it takes? Just a little tap of the pedal. That's it. Just a little, that's all the effort I got to do because the car is going to take it for me. The car is going to do the rest for me. The car is going to get me here. And friends, what I'm trying to tell you is that God's got a place he wants you to be. He's got a person that he wants you to be. There's some things that he wants you to do. And you got to quit trying to pedal that bike to make it happen on your own. And what he's telling you is, like, you can do this with my spirit. I will get you here. I will get you to where I want you to be. I'll get you to what you're doing. And all that you have to do is just kind of surrender yourself over to me. It's like that last scene of Lord of the Rings movie where, you know, they're fighting and they're trying to survive. And you have to forgive me. I don't remember all of their names, but they're, just, they're not going to make it. But they're, they're, making, they're, they're just battling it out. And then all of a sudden the spirits come in and they just wipe everybody out in like one second. And that's, man, we can try and we can hustle and we can discipline ourselves, but we can't do even marginally what God's spirit can do through us and in us. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is Apostle Paul speaking. He gives us a little bit more perspective on God's spirit and gifts. And he says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I might boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. He's saying, like, you can do all these things. You can work as hard as you want. But what is the overarching theme here? We think it's love, but it's really a little bit more than that. It's fruit. And some of us value these spirit, gifts of the Spirit so much that we forget that really what's more significant, and I would even argue more important than that, is the fruit of the Spirit. You see, the greatest manifestation of the Spirit is likely not the gifts, but the fruit. You see, I can stand up here and do this, and I've been doing it, and I'll probably have another 25, 30 years of doing this, and I could do 100 of these, and maybe two or three will resonate with you, but I tell you what, if you're going through a hard time and I sit down with you and I allow the fruit of the Spirit to come out of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness to come forth into that conversation, that one moment may be something that you never forget. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is where so much of the power is at. And that is what he's wanting to produce in our lives every single day, every moment, every interaction that we have with all people at all times. It's really incredible when you go from anger to gentleness, selfishness to kindness, demanding to being patient, to being stress-filled, to being peaceful, from being impulsive to being self-controlled. And God's Spirit is trying to empower you to that end. God's Holy Spirit empowers us to discern God's will. You see, because we sort through the scriptures and we're left saying, well, wait a second. What's going on here? I, I, how am I going to figure out what school my kid's supposed to go to? How am, I gonna, how am I supposed to figure out what house to buy or what job to take, what job to leave, whatever the situation may be? It's, it's just not spelled out there. God's Spirit helps us to discern God's will. John 14 says it this way, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach, will guide you in all things, and he will remind you of everything I have said 
to you, that he is the one who's going to guide us and lead us. Let me say it to you this way. Discerning God's will is less about a relationship, is less about a revelation and more about a relationship. And that relationship, it's not just horizontal, it's lateral. In the book of Acts, is, we find a great example of this. The church is attempting to figure out what they're supposed to do with these Gentile converts to Christianity. They aren't exactly sure how they're supposed to bring them into the church. And so they, they, they essentially discern that they're not supposed to take them all the way back to Judaism and work them through Judaism and then eventually get them into Christianity. They realize that they just need to welcome them into the church. And there's a few weird things that they say you shouldn't do, like drinking blood and eating meat, sacrifice to idols. Basically, just don't become a vampire. I don't know. It's, it's really odd and strange. Another, another sermon. The point is that they didn't make them go back into Judaism and enter into Christianity. And how did they come to that decision? It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And one of the things that I would want to submit to you that ought to give you great confidence in this church is this by and large is how we govern ourselves. That you have a group of elders that essentially make very large, or the high level decisions here collectively. And this last year has not been short on decisions to make, whether it was dealing with the pandemic, whether it was. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.